0: It was very frightening, and Sean wasn't happy about it. I'm just a biochemist. Most of the time I work in a glass
1: jar, very long nice. on the customer page wire. But what I'm dealing with here is one of the most deadly stuffnesses the Earth has ever known. So what do you say? You cut me some free slack. Hello and good evening and good morning and good afternoon everybody welcome to another episode of Uncaged. Today Daniel and I watched the blockbuster The Rock and let me say I busted my block quite a few times watching this. What a rip-roarious
0: good time. I can't believe you hadn't seen this before.
1: No, nor can I. It was so much fun.
0: Yeah, it really is. You kind of forget that, um, unlike some of the other ones we've watched recently that have come in a li- uh, slightly over the kind of 90-minute mark that we've been used to, this one does clock in at over two hours and doesn't feel it at all. It
1: was great. I feel like I've already cut way ahead <laughs> to how I felt about this film, but I just can't wait to talk about it and cage in it, because I had such a great time because on paper it doesn't sound it's heavy going essentially a group of scorned military men who feel like justice should be served for the people that were lost in the in the war in the Vietnam war presumably
0: well we're, we're going to have to double back here because you're saying that the the kind of taglines of this didn't get you excited well
1: it did but like when
0: when you, when you literally see the posters Sean Connery Nick Cage Ed Harris and it's a terrorist situation on Alcatraz. What part of that didn't excite you, Ben?
1: It seemed like it would be a lot of... Too good
0: to be true? A lot of
1: men duding. (laughs) And tell you what, I wasn't wrong. There's just a bunch of guys being dudes all throughout this film. No girls allowed.
0: I don't think the the only uh, female actor in this I can really remember is Nick Cage's girlfriend who only gets one scene, really.
1: Yeah, and there's... Pepper Sean Connery's daughter character in there for a moment. Oh, of course. But that's just because she's just a really good-looking woman. The fact she's in there doesn't add anything. I think that was more just for the male audience definitely watching this film to go, oh,
0: fit. (laughs) Well, it's 1996 and uh, that's what we were all doing at the time. It's a Michael Bay film. What do you expect? But I've got to be honest, this, I now like
1: get michael bay off the back of this film
0: there are so many moments isn't there it would
1: be very easy to watch this and pick holes in things and if i was feeling in that way it would be easy to to tear this film apart but it's just so over the top in all the right ways and i had such a blast watching it
0: (laughs) i'll hit you with a little bit of uh, michael bay noise this is actually his favorite film of his that he's made Whoa! And going alongside that, this is tied first with Sean Connery's favourite film he made in the 90s alongside Entrapment.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised really because from where Michael Bay's been, like these days he's most known for, he does the Transformers films, right?
0: I, I assume so.
1: Directing them must be weird because they're all CGI, whereas this, in the 90s, there's a bit of special effects in there, but they're used very sparingly and to great effect and he's known for being really big on his practical effects in fact a bit of Bay trivia Bayfax not the same Bayfax where is I think in one of the Transformers films one of the ones that had Shia LaBeouf and Megan
0: Fox and some other person in it on a level with you mate I didn't watch any of them Michael
1: Bay famously in one of the Transformers films there's this big explosion he's really big on doing practical effects wherever he can Um, Though I don't know if he did actually blow up Alcatraz in this, but anyway, we'll come back to that. There's a scene where he wanted to have this big explosion, but to make it look right on the screen, he said to Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf and some tough army guy that was in the scene, if you fall over when running from this explosion, you will die. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so the fear in their eyes when they're running from this explosion is very
0: genuine. I love that. there's um, there's a moment in this uh, around the kind of hour and a half mark where uh, Michael Bay it's a um, it's the moment where Nicholas Cage and Sean Connery's characters uh, they have to duck under the water as the explosion goes over them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that looks so good. and I, they I actually how that did was that done. Yeah, that they makes actually. Total sense.
0: That, uh, neither of them wanted to. And Michael Bay convinced them both. How do you
1: convince Nick Cage and Sean Connery to do that?
0: What, what I love about it is a uh, Cage's comment on it says just says it was very frightening and Sean wasn't happy about it. <laughs> which seems like a big understatement for what's really going yes. on considering Sean you nearly blew up Sir Sean Connery
1: uh, He Sean Connery is at the height of his power when this film is being made and Cage is on the way up like I say this, this is a true blockbuster in every sense of the word and it's a 90s action romp and like this is certainly at the time the biggest film by a long way Cage has been in I would say now let's uh let's crack this thing open and drink some of the juice shall we let me tell you what happens in this film that you just watched daniel
0: yeah go on give us a synopsis
1: this film is very military-y and for some people that's a turn (laughs) off usually it would be for me but it's handed in a way that it's engaging enough i'll admit my brain often switches off when it's lots of scenes of boardrooms that doesn't quite do it for me a lot of the time but uh the pace in which bay puts this film forward was fantastic a group of ex-military people that feel like their former soldiers served alongside them and were killed in the line of duty never got their due diligence by the american government their families were never given severance pay it's a bit of a brutal way of putting
0: severance it. <laughs> <laughs> they never got their furlough money so off the off
1: the back of this they uh steal a load of these crazy science weapons they made up this this brilliant i can't actually remember the name i don't know if it's ever named in it it probably uh, they,
0: a... they, they do a very good job of not naming it but yeah. it essentially looks like strands of flubber mixed with anal beads <laughs> yes it looks like anal flubber beads hilariously well it's not it's not so hilarious but um during the uh the war on terror in in real life uh, one of uh, the Saddam Hussein era kind of threats that came up, uh, through that turned out to be false was based from the uh, toxin from this film. Well,
1: they described this, yeah, describe this as what happened.
0: Yeah, uh, they described this as something they actually had as, as a threat. It was very Crazy. quickly. I love the idea that it was like... Uh, I can't remember where I read this now, so it's probably absolute rubbish, but we'll got to go with it for a second. But I love the idea that someone turned around and goes, ah, that's bullshit, I've seen The Rock.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I love the idea when they're describing it, like, have you seen The Rock? Yeah, we got that. Have you seen The Rock? No, well, call me back in two hours and ten minutes, because we've got that. But actually, don't watch the end bit, because you'll figure out how to disarm it.
0: <laughs> Seemed very barmy, where you can just, uh, Nick Cage was the only person who was able to do that. I watched him do it a couple of times, and I, I, I could undo that and take the chip out, mate. Come on.
1: All right, well, let, let's rewind a little bit there. Let's set his character up more before we start talking about him. (laughs) So, Nick Cage, you're probably wondering, dear sweet listener, how he slots into this story. Well, wouldn't you know it, he seems to, for whatever reason, be the only scientist in the world who can right this wrong and disarm, disarm these missiles that have this flubber in them let's, let's just call it flubber for what it is yeah. so they've got this extra dangerous flubber and these army men have stole it and they're hauled up on Alcatraz with a touring party of 81 people and they've got them hauled up in the cells but they're thinking damn no one, only one person has ever escaped from Alcatraz now we need to break into it so you know who we've got a call on Gandalf <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> first time we see sean connery in this film he looks like gandalf he has got beautiful long white hair the shabby white beard and he is being dragged by these people he has been in prison for 30 years for knowing government secrets but they need his intel on alcatraz to break them in there to solve the whole situation after a lot of deliberation and an incredible chase scene which we'll definitely talk some more about they managed to break into alcatraz sean connery the whole way just winging it they managed to break in all sorts of hijinks go including an amazing underground mine cart scene which again was phenomenal and we'll talk about hopefully in a lot more detail
0: oh we're going to it's essentially the birth of national treasure <laughs> in in that one scene especially considering this is cage against ed harris as well i love it so much perfect they managed
1: to disarm the bombs well, that, that's pretty much how the story goes. Like it's The story is, there's a lot of characters and there is a, it's very dialogue-based. Don't get me wrong, there's heaps
0: of action. You've just described pretty much every film ever right there, mate. <laughs> there's a lot of characters, there's some dialogue. <laughs> well, no, this has a lot of characters in it. <laughs> there are a few, but the, if we break it down to the key ones, there's, there's maybe four. And let's talk a
1: little bit about these main characters. So we've got, we'll call... Army Chief, played
0: by, what's that fool's name? Ed Harris. Ed Harris, thank That's you. That's General Francis X. Hummel.
1: Yeah, General Ed. We've got <laughs> Gandalf the White, as played by Sean Connery. Uh huh. Nick Cage is coming in, playing a great guy that I was very, very fond of, named yeah. Stanley Goodspeed one of my favorite cages i feel like i'm saying that a lot but
0: i really no this this one really came out in a good way
1: i really got on a level with stanley goodspeed he is way out of his depth all throughout this film but he is just laughing it off because that's his only option laugh or else you cry you know
0: oh it's i mean some, with some of his jokes i might have cried rather than laughed there was some there was some real poor jokes in there but i think that kind of adds to how like likable his character is and
1: then There's just a whole cast of old white men with grey hair in boardrooms stomping around. I
0: would say the only only other relevant one is the FBI director. Oh, yes. Which goes by the name, which is so ridiculous that we won't even give it a a silly one. Womack. (laughs) (laughs) FBI director Womack. Daniel,
1: tell me what you enjoyed about this film.
0: I think that this film is the perfect... It's like a love child of diehard James Bond and National Treasure... And if that's not an advert for, to make everyone watch this film, I don't know what else will get you to it. It's so much fun the whole way through. Some of the, some of the set pieces and
1: action scenes in this are phenomenal. Like,
0: Well, let's, um, you uh, kind of uh, scattered over the, the car chase scene. I mean, that is
1: my favourite thing we have seen, my favourite scene of anything we've watched.
0: So it's probably the most Michael Bay thing in this film. Absolutely, there are so many needless explosions. Oh, just too many of anything. It's, no, there weren't enough. It was. What I love about this is that this scene is a direct reaction to the test screening. This wasn't in the film. This was added in post. What? Yeah, they got um, the, the reviews back after the test screening to say that there wasn't enough action in the early game of it. So, true Michael Bay fashion. Just went, all right. We'll just put a, a like 15-minute car chase in there where everything blows up. That's
1: so funny because this this film, I really admired the pace of it and how action-packed and into the heart of it it goes. The opening scene, before you've met any characters, is the army men breaking in to steal the, uh, the flubber. Oh, then yeah. the next scene we cut, we meet Nick Cage's character, one of the funniest character reveals we've had, where it's a slow creeping shot behind him and he quickly spins in his chair and points a gun just past the camera. And then he uses it to shoot and activate this kind of Rue Goldberg machine he's built that does drop some chemicals in a tub. It's very silly. And then he gets vinyl delivery of a Beatles record. Yeah, Nick, now you know who the Beatles are. I see you, mate. Describes
0: yourself as a Beatle maniac.
1: Yeah, I saw Peggy Sue, mate. You didn't know shit. (laughs) And it's just nonstop. Then, you know, then Cage has this crazy scene where we, we meet his character, Stanley Goodspeed, and. He's in this chamber and he's having to disarm a bomb there while these chemicals are falling. And we've only met the guy for five minutes and it looks like he's not going to make it. It's a tense situation, but he makes it out with seven seconds to spare.
0: Easy. Yeah, it's it's a really frantic moment. And then all of this is the build up to to then humanize him again, where he gets back to his apartment after obviously taking the rest of the day off after you nearly get killed at work. Yeah. Um, to find out that his girlfriend is pregnant and she proposes to him. And this is all going on in the back of his head whilst he then gets shipped off to Alcatraz in San Francisco to try and defuse a terrorist situation. Very Michael Bay
1: writing that they'll be like, why should people care about this man? Because he's got a girlfriend. No, no, we need more. No, we need He's more. got a
0: fiancé. No, we need more. She's
1: pregnant? She's got a baby. Okay, let's forget about her for the rest of the film.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to pepper this storyline for all of two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> she no is barely
1: entertained in the film again was just bought in as eye candy and a lazy bit of writing
0: but fine whatever Michael so I think you're going to enjoy this um, so Sean Connery uh, actually accepted the part of Mason after learning that Nicolas Cage was going to be cast as Good uh, as Goodspeed
1: really he,
0: Sean Connery uh, when we first came into this I was thinking why would it, it's a it's a really obvious one to really kind of speculate why would Nick want to do this but I was thought I bet he's always wanted to work with a legend like Sean Connery and it turns out it's it's a mutual thing I suppose coming straight off the back of an Oscar win as well you can kind of see where Sean Connery's at with that but it makes a whole lot of sense
1: let's have a quick think we're very well clued up about Nick's back catalogue at this point which do you think Sean was the biggest fan of
0: of the twenty six? films nick's done so far probably without a shadow of a doubt never on a tuesday (laughs) (laughs) i think the nose really spoke to him
1: i love the element of mystery you dangled around the man
0: oh god right very quickly how much did it infuriate you when there's a moment of dialogue uh, between sean connery where one of the guys calls him an english prick and i was like this is uh, uh, come on the guy's literally talking to you in a Scottish accent
1: I think that Sean Connery was a big Jake Preston fan he loved firebirds wasn't to everyone's taste
0: so alongside those those ideas as well I'm going to play my favorite game here where I let you guess who else was offered the role of John Patrick Mason that ended up going to Nick Cage
1: this game sucks uh so wait John Patrick Mason was Nick Cage Sean Connery was it
0: yeah, yeah, Cage plays Stanley oh, Goodspeed. Right, this makes it even funnier. You're never going to guess this now. So I'm trying to guess
1: who who could who else could have been Sean Connery? Who else could have been Sean Connery? Because they needed an older gentleman, presumably. Uh, man, I suck at these games because it's as soon as I have to think of literally <laughs> any actor, I can't think of. Literally any actor.
0: So what I lo- what I love about these games is that I I've, br- I've only peppered them in every now and then. Now, when I think that you have a chance, because it's someone that's been mentioned before. So that's Ooh. that's going to be the clue that I, I'm going to give you here. Jackie Chan. That's exactly right. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course it was. For God's <laughs> how sake. How did they go between going? We're going to offer the role to Arnold Schwarzenegger. For God's but sake. Also Sean Connery. How is how is that Man, a backup?
1: People were just throwing themselves at Arnie in the 90s, weren't they? Yeah, do, do him and Cage ever get to work side by side? I would love to see it, but I don't think we do.
0: I don't think so. No. Well, I think he's uh
1: Despite, Arnie probably doesn't even know who Cage is, but I feel like Cage just decided. No, no, we're rivals. We're <laughs> this rivals. He's the new
0: one. He's the new Crispin.
1: Yeah, he's set up. He's got a, a new gap in his rival resume, and he's been <laughs> like, I need to fill this up.
0: Well, in an AMA, Schwarzenegger did come out to say that it's one of his biggest regrets is not taking that, that role.
1: Really? Wow. That yeah, would have he's... made a totally different
0: film. Yeah, I know. How bad would that film have ended up being? I think I think it would have been great in a different way, but Sean Connery really steals it in this for me. He's incredible.
1: I, I love that he is a, like a badass old man in this, and he just... He just doesn't take shit and gets it done. Like, I thought that was so cool. That's like Usually those roles would be completely reversed and it would be like a weird yeah. old scientist and Cage would be the crazy convict. But yeah, I, I, I really liked the characters. I, I loved spending time with them in this film.
0: I was going to say one of my favourite uh, Sean Connery moments in this is when he uh, confronts the uh, kind of terrorist cell that's led by the general Ed Harris and he confronts mm. Ed Harris and he's going for all of the reasons and they're all kind of quoting from like their different past and you know they're kind of it's a big back and forth and then connery ends it with just personally i think you're a fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's so good his delivery of it is perfect you've got to imagine i'm not going to do it but the sean connery the voice perfect as well. like
1: grumpy old man energy he's oh, been so like you're good. wasting everyone's time you're a dickhead yeah <laughs> oh fuck i can't believe you've done this sounded more like bane jesus <laughs> Uh, one of sense. the notes that I've jotted down here is just, in capital letters, driving. The car chase scene that happens after Sean Connery's character, they bring him, he requires a, requests a suite at a hotel so he can shower and have some food and gets his hair done. Shout out to the, the hairstylist in this. They bring oh, in a very fantastic. stereotypical very gay 90s hairdresser type there but they say he's only allowed to use clippers and sean connery has hair down to his shoulders and he gives him a great haircut with just clippers
0: Credit it's, it's the G. moment where um he ends up in the same elevator as connery's escaping and he's on the floor crying with panic he just goes i don't care about all of that i just wanted to know if you liked your haircut <laughs> <laughs> they cannot write
1: any character that isn't a macho man
0: speaking of uh, michael bay ideas Michael Bay has actually put forward ideas for a sequel to this.
1: Oh, have you been, have you been on Baywatch by any chance, my friend? <laughs>
0: is that what we're doing next? <laughs>
1: yeah, no. Nah, okay. I, th-
0: I think with a name that good, that's up there with GearHeads. Baywatch is just a, a segment. <laughs> GearHeads isn't
1: happening now because I've ruined it by calling him Richard Smear.
0: Well, I, I think Baywatching may have to be then, unless you can come up with a better one. Oh, no. Anyway, but, um, his idea for a sequel would involve uh, Goodspeed obviously now married in possession of the microfilm which he gets at the end. Now being pursued by the government and with nowhere else to turn, he's forced to ask Mason for help. Oh, that would be sweet. How incredible could that film be? I- it
1: could, but it's just... You know, Sean Connery was born in 1930. Oh,
0: poor man i i believe i I could be Oh, he's literally 90 years old
1: yeah i'm pretty sure i read up that he's unfortunately a dementorist sufferer these days so i know heartbreaking isn't it but let's not dwell too much on that it was amazing to see him kicking ass he's like 60 years old in this film
0: he is incredible in this in that same vein as um the the I was about to say the last last in the trilogy of Indiana Jones films where he plays the dad and he's got that incredible like old man energy like you said before he plays that role so well and he brings it back in this and it's just it's so much fun
1: yeah I haven't watched one of his films in in far too long and it really reminded me what a delight he is to watch and he he truly is a great and deserves that knighthood (laughs) he literally got knighted for being sick at acting
0: I've seen this film before, so I was just excited for the actual film part to start. So I find that chase to be a little unnecessary. It's it's incredible for what it is, but I don't think it was exactly needed. Let's just bear Nick Cage in mind. But in true Bay fashion, is is anything needed?
1: You saw Valley Girl and you saw the driving improvising that man was trying to do. Yeah, Think how far he's come since then, because a lot of this some of it he may have been driving sure there's loads of these close-up shaky cam reaction shots and it's him go whoa yo ah! and they were so funny man
0: one of the, that's one of my only flaws that i can find with the film is that a lot of the kind of character build-up that you get to cage's character gets undone within those minutes because he's he's made out to be this kind of desk job uh unconfident in too deep and then all of a sudden he's just in this insane car chase smashing through things in a Ferrari with all of this confidence and bravado and it's just it's an incredible sequence but I don't think it really benefited the film
1: no I, I completely agree and like, it was there like you said it was there to inject some action into it and I easily could have been cynical and gone, this makes no sense to his character. And you're completely right to say that. It doesn't. He steals a motorbike off some kid and for some reason knows how to ride it despite being a scientist for the past 30 years.
0: But... Yeah, it's, it's so weird.
1: Very, 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 very fun. Like, just crazy action. Nick Cage in a yellow Ferrari chasing Sean Connery, who's in a black Hummer, down the street. Everything, everything is exploding. And it's in San Francisco, so it's all downhill. It was just...
0: So manic. What I love about that is um, the, the reason they put it in, and there was a, there was quite a few kind of uh, we don't think this should be in there. And uh, I think the moment uh, Michael Bay just uh, just started mentioning the demographic of the younger audience and stuff like that, and immediately just got one over. Well, I think this was uh, in part uh, it must have had something to do with Disney based on some of the stuff I've read. I think okay. that must have been the studio were doing it. and One thing I did find quite funny um, was they were originally wanting this to be shot entirely in Los Angeles with only a couple of exterior shots of alcatraz and san francisco just to make the illusion you know classic film Uh, michael bay refused telling them outright i gotta shoot on this island because this island is so fucking bitching (laughs) how amazing would it be to be a fly on the wall of that meeting between what you can imagine to be the walt disney studios and michael bay giving his reason to say it's fucking bitching And it worked. It's completely worked. Um, One of the stipulations for this is that Sir Sean Connery insisted that he didn't want to have to travel back and forth from the island, so he had a cabin built for him on Alcatraz. Oh, wow. So he lived on Alcatraz. He lived on Alcatraz. How how good is that? This is a
1: great segue of something I would like to ask you
0: about. Sure. How do you think our method man got into the game for this part? Oh, God. Um lots of luminous green anal beads. He ate flubber.
1: <laughs> uh, there's a shot near the end where he has to he has to inject himself in the heart with adrenaline.
0: Oh, God, yeah. but like, How do you act that
1: part? I mean, he misses by a mile. I did, just that's that. one of
0: the notes I've made. It's like, that is not where your heart is. He no. injects like, the lowest part of his ribcage. And this is a scientist. Yeah, it was really frustrating to see that. <laughs> Listen, he's a man with a big heart. Um, I, w- I would go on to say that... Um, a uh, Cage quote from this when he was saying uh, he had been reported beforehand as being too quirky to have ever worked in an action blockbuster and he took that as a challenge and that's one of the reasons he wanted this.
1: Yeah, int- he seems like he was brought in as the funny man, the comic relief almost on this. He is I was sort say, the, the, of... We,
0: we can't mention Nick Cage as the funny man without bringing up the lighthouse scene. <laughs> so this is one of the moments where I can see why they might have wanted Schwarzenegger who's got that incredible one-line delivery as like and like a big payoff
1: but they wanted schwarzenegger this, as the other role they right?
0: wanted they wanted him for both uh. <laughs> schwarzenegger was offered both roles that's so funny <laughs> so there's the moment where he uh, it, I, I, I haven't got the exact quote i only kind of like bullet point wrote this down as it was happening but it's the, he, he says to um one of the captains it's like i think we started off on the wrong foot Are you a music oh. fan uh. do, you, do you like <laughs> the out and john song rocket man and uh, he uh, the guy says I don't like soft ass shit, and it, it, he kind of fumbles around his words and just brings apart the worst line ever. He goes, "Well, I only bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the rocket man," and then so, fires a rocket so at it. lame. It's the worst. It, honestly, it, it I would have taken that out. There's no way. It's so bad.
1: But I tell you what, like if I was in his position, I would have taken a shot at that, and I probably wouldn't have done much better. And I think that is his character. I think that's his character. If though. that
0: was in the script, that's terrible. That is utterly terrible. No, agreed. From a script writing perspective,
1: shocking behaviour. But from where the character's at, I feel like that is a Nicky on improv on the day. But I, I really genuinely liked the character because he he uses sarcasm and humour as like a coping mechanism and I feel you bro
0: oh it was <laughs> um, Cage's idea on set that he would have his character not swear at all he's the only character that doesn't and that's why he comes out with these incredible little uh, quips like G whiz every now and then Yeah, <laughs> and like you know it's, it's a real like, innocent vibe to this guy like that's why I find the car chase to be so out out of place yeah um, agreed with that with I you mean, saying how much you enjoy this Cage character I, I have got a question yeah. That's going to be along the lines of how much you paid attention to today's film in today's round of Quizzeless Cage. woo So, Nicolas Cage's character in this, everyday normal guy, but what kind of car does Stanley Goodspeed drive?
1: Stanley Goodspeed drives a Volvo.
0: A beige one. I was about to say, what colour is the Volvo? I'm not letting you have it, but that's absolutely right. It's
1: such a brilliant self-par he gives himself when he is describing to Sean Connery's character that this is not a normal day for him. He was like, I'm <laughs> a scientist. I drive a Volvo, a beige one. <laughs> <laughs> to throw a round of quizzulous right back at you, you slippery sausage trying to get out of it, I would like to ask you, what happened to nick cage when he got his first science set at age 7
0: oh he took off his own eyebrows and the cat, the cat disappeared yeah
1: good job you got I would have accepted one that was good job yeah oh. he blew his eyebrows off his face and the cat was never <laughs> seen again
0: <laughs> i was i was trying to make a note of that but then um i was trying to go back and find that cuz i thought that might be something you'd bring up but i never made it back in time because I got too caught up with how fucking weird it is seeing uh, Dr. Cox from Scrubs play anyone else but Dr. Cox from Scrubs.
1: It was so strange. He's like a tough guy army man. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I think no. I've seen him do that kind of role before, which makes sense for I, him I, I looked into
0: it very briefly because Cox. I was just like, this is strange. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But yeah, he's done quite a few. Uh, I wish we'd got a bit more of him on screen, to be honest. He only has a couple of moments where he's actually talking, but he's... yeah. That those moments are, are really great but um
1: let's let's big up nicky in this a little bit like i think i enjoyed him in this but i'd like to hear what specific you liked about nicky in this film as
0: you be nice to nicky <laughs> i think i already kind of touched on this with the stuff that he brought to this um i know that a lot of his lines and a lot of the kind of um this was never set out to be a comedy and he was never brought in as the kind of comic relief apparently as what Michael Bay says he might be trying to get out of some of these jokes but a lot of his lines were improv in this and a lot of the stuff he was like writing on the day um, kind of getting a vibe for it Um, also the things that he brought to this were like the idea that his character didn't swear and things like that he changed the name of the character it was originally gonna be Bill Goodspeed and uh, he thought Stanley kind of suited the role better I feel like he got really involved on this on a behind-the-scenes level and I feel like after the last few films that he's done I feel like he's really equipped to do that now and I think it really comes across well he got
1: some directing experience by the sounds of it when he were doing trapped in paradise and he probably got a bit of a bit of a taste for it in fact we're probably only a few weeks off his directional debut it's one and only directional effort but (laughs) nevertheless I would like to be nice to Nicky and I would say um Uh, not complete to steal, but I would like to also echo your point by, there's a couple of great lines he throws in to sort of show how innocent his character is. At one point he says, why don't we cut the chit-chat, a-hole, instead of using (laughs) a cuss, which I thought was great. And at one point for the first time, when he pulls a gun on someone, he says, freeze, mister. Oh yeah, it's uh, incredible, isn't it? It was quite adorable, quite frankly. I would have a properly liked to be nice to Nicky, uh, and just, he sent me on an already... Great nostalgic trip, where the scene where they're all getting the helicopter towards Alcatraz before they dive in, and he's sat there in his jumpsuit, having never been on a probably a helicopter, <laughs> and his knees are literally chattering together. And I it just wish gave me flashbacks. he was uh, dressed
0: as Elvis at that point. Exactly,
1: yeah. It just <laughs> gave me flashbacks to that beautiful honeymoon in Vegas, and but he doesn't quite do the skydive, but I I really enjoyed that, and I felt like he he brought that energy forward to it, and it was almost like a little nod to camera.
0: Um, one thing that's not necessarily being nice to Nicky, but one thing that does kind of come full circle that I think is worth acknowledging. We were saying how uh, he was a big Tarantino fan and he'd always wanted to work with him. Uh, Tarantino is actually an uncredited screenwriter for this film. Oh, okay. This may be the closest that he gets to working with him. But um, oh. if it is, it, job well done. It's a great film all round. A- another little dive into what's going to be the future of uh, nick cage films which i thought was very interesting is that um during that car chase uh, sir sean connery steals a guy um he steals a guy <laughs> i think that's called kidnapping the guy who gets his car stolen by sir sean connery in this film is the same guy who goes on to get his <laughs> his car stolen by ed harris in national treasure book of secrets this guy can't catch a break i know how savage is that the, the fact that they have gone into national treasure is like we need a guy to get his car stolen. And Ed Harris just gone. Ed Harris and Nick Cage are like we know a guy. We know a guy. This <laughs> this, this guy can't keep hold of a car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this man has good company. Like every time he loses a car, Nick Cage is against
0: whoever stole it. <laughs> Which is it's a good person to have on your side. It's about time we rounded this
1: off, but we'd be remiss to do so without having a quick go on the old
0: <phone rings> cage match. Oh, it's a big-budget film for a big-budget bail. Yeah,
1: he's going to wheel out the gong, but I thought that might be a bit presumptuous. Right, let's, uh, let's get right into it here, shall we, hey? Entering the arena this evening, we have
0: Little Junior Brown from... was that film called kiss kiss of death from 1995 versus we're going a year on and he's gonna be taking on stanley goodspeed from today's film the rock
1: this should be an interesting matchup. obviously talking physical prowess as we move into our first round strength little junior brown is almost certainly the winner here i saw what he did to that poor extra in that truck
0: that's an easy one but i'm going to immediately retort that with agility because i i don't think you really see much of the agility of little junior brown but throughout the entire scene where nick cage is in the uh kind of cart the mining cart
1: oh my god we barely even talked about it i know
0: it's an incredible moment it's
1: a film everyone should seek out watching because it comes out of nowhere and it is so out of place but completely suits the pace of the film i
0: don't know what michael bay thinks is happening underneath prisons but (laughs) I, i can assure you it's not this (laughs) it's maybe more ridiculous with the idea that there's a huge city of gold underneath Mount Rushmore
1: (laughs) (laughs) agility wise Stanley Goodspeed cannot be hit by bullets
0: no exactly about
1: a thousand a thousand shots of fire at him and not a single one connect the man is agile as hell that makes it Tied game. One all. Next up is likability, And again, I don't think this is much of a competition. Stanley Goodspeed was consistently just great fun to spend time with.
0: He's just an all-round good dude. There's no way around it. He's a friendly guy. I really like the guy. morally on the right track. Uh, Let's
1: cut through to Cage here because I feel like that is much more one-sided than this
0: like yeah that's that's gonna li- bring it back to a, a another little junior brown little
1: junior brown was serving us up a real eddie moment there he was really putting some of that energy forward
0: and that kind of dance routine about his dad dying really cements that as pure cage to me the jump dance cry sweat punch scene. Yeah, yeah just what on earth only cage could be doing that
1: So that brings us down to the tiebreaker
0: in this two-all battle royale. Why are we thinking that's just going to be on looks? Appearance. Oh, we go straight in on appearance for Yeah, and this is tough
1: because we are getting two very different looks here. In honesty, Little Junior Brown is a bit more... He's more recognisable, certainly. He has that grotesque, don't get me wrong, goatee. He wears all sorts of, like, colourful tracksuits. He wears vests a lot tucked in he had a gold tooth
0: yep like hell of a look oh it's gonna be difficult to beat that
1: danley struggles he he wears a few different outfits in this but they're mainly for his job don't get me wrong i'm not discrediting that but
0: there, there is a moment where uh we go back after the instant beginning of the film and he's just sat listening to uh his records playing guitar naked in his room yeah and um i i don't know i'm going somewhere with this uh he was not asked to do that he, <laughs> he brought the idea to Michael Bay who was dead against it and he essentially forced his hand in order to make uh, that shot happen uh, because he said <laughs> it adds you know adds to the character like, you know this is his home people need to know that he's at home and he's comfortable uh, Michael Bay just immediately has said in the director's commentary that he thinks still to this day that this was just Cage wanted to show off his body yeah. <laughs> after um obviously he was a bit of a, a bit of a bloated mess in leaving Las Vegas, so I think he just wanted to be like finally the lights are on me, I've had this ripped bod for like the last decade and no one's watched my films. People are yeah. finally gonna pay attention and I haven't got a single scene on my top <laughs> after this film. How do I rectify that? Yeah, I think that's that's cage logic if ever I've heard it so I feel like in this we're really going to have to take one for the team here and have to pick between the two things of whether we've got someone who actually doesn't look like a bad guy or we've got someone who looks so ridiculous that it's it's hilarious he looks awful but it's funny so wh- how how do we class appearance in this how do we judge this because we've done this a lot on um, Peter Lowe one on vampire teeth repeatedly Yeah. I, I think, Daniel... So, so can we really... I, I, I feel like Gold Tooth has to have it.
1: If I asked you to draw both of these characters, I think, A, you'd have a much easier time capturing quickly the likeness of Little Junior Brown. But moreover, I'd be able to pick... I'd say, oh, I know who that is. That's Little Junior Brown. Stanley Goodspeed, as much as I love the guy, and I love the guy, he's just, he's just an average Joe, you know?
0: I feel like it's a real shame because he's a great character, but I do agree... Uh, Little Junior Brown's going to have to move forward here and I think that's the end of Stanley uh, Goodspeed.
1: And it's close folks it's really close and I would have loved to see him go further in the competition but Little Junior Brown is a juggernaut of the cage match he will be difficult to be toppled.
0: He's going to be difficult to beat.
1: He's just an all-rounder isn't he? That's the thing.
0: Well with that said we're going into 1997 tomorrow. Uh, 1996 only had one film from Nick, and that was The Rock, which is uh, the first time we've seen pretty much in his career that he just has a one-film year. Wow. Now we're going into 1997. He's got two films this year, and we're going into the first of them where we're going to be seeing him play Cameron Poe in the blockbuster hit Con Air. Cam Poe. Yep. Um, ben, I assume you've seen this before. Daniel,
1: I've never seen Con Air. What?
0: And that's the cliffhanger we're going to leave today's episodes
1: on, everybody. Looking forward to telling you all about what I thought about it tomorrow. Stop it.
0: You must have. <laughs>
1: Thanks, as always, for tuning in and supporting this silly, silly endeavour.
0: Ben, I'm, I'm going to give you one thing and one thing only, and that's the tagline from the uh, the poster. <laughs> they were deadly on the ground. Now they have wings. <laughs> I know nothing about this film but I don't want to until I'm
1: watching it and that has got me fully on the edge of my seat I think it's going to have something to do with
0: angels <laughs> Daniel as always a pleasure yeah you, well you're you're going to be in for a film <laughs> I
1: hope so Nicholas thanks for your hard work today mate had a good old time yeah great film and like we say every day on Uncaged despite all my rage I'm still hanging out with Nick Cage See you tomorrow, everyone. See you.
0: I cannot believe you've never seen Con Air. What's wrong with you?
1: Nor can I, and I'm keeping this card so
0: close to my chest out of shame. I can't believe you've... you've. Let's be honest, you've come up with the idea of watching all of the Nicolas Cage films in a <laughs> row and you've not even seen Con Air.
1: That's because I just I didn't want to go into it dry. I needed to get myself
0: warmed up first. You you're, know? you're a real piece of shit for this, Ben. <laughs>